Simon, P- Simon Peter, Thomas, also known as Didymus, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples were together. I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them. And they said, we'll go with you. So they went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. He called out to them, friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. He said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it's the Lord. As soon as Simon Peter heard him say it is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him, for he had taken it off, and jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish, for they were not far from shore, about a hundred yards. Good morning. Happy Easter. I'm going to read a passage that doesn't normally appear on an Easter morning, but it's all about Easter. And uh, because we've had the narrative that we're probably quite familiar with, but uh, this part is, is written sometime afterwards by the Apostle Paul, reflecting back on the reality of it all. This is what he says. Now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which was received and on which you've taken your stand. By this gospel you're saved if you hold firmly to the word I preached to you. Otherwise, you've believed in vain. For what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures, and that he appeared to Kephas and then to the Twelve. And after that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, and at last of all he appeared to me also, as one abnormally born. For I am the least of the apostles, and do not even deserve to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace to me was not without effect. No, I worked harder than all of them, Yet not I, but the grace of God that was with me. Whether then it is I or they, this is what we preach, and this is what you believed. I don't know whether you've been to the cinema this week, whether you went to see the Sony film that uh, has been on at Nantgaro and in Cardiff, called Risen. Joseph Fiennes and a stellar cast. Um, he, He kind of played the role of a a Roman centurion called Clavius, and uh, he was given the task to find the body. The, the Romans were quite worried that an insurrection could follow all this upheaval, and, and therefore the film, that's, that's really the, the, the storyline, that he had to dig up everybody in Jerusalem to find the one with the right marks, and of course being a Sony film, and uh, done in order to have an effect on your digestive system, um, the bodies were reeking, and decaying, and we saw it all. Uh, and, uh, but but the, having, having failed to find the body, he then had the unenviable task of finding the disciples. And so he searched everywhere, high and low, and eventually found a number of them and started to interview and interrogate, and they, they cleared off to Galilee, so he followed them. And, uh, but when he was there... He, the, 
the Lord Jesus seemed to appear and uh, 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 right at the end of the film, it's finished now apparently, so I could give you the punchline, that, uh, that, he, that uh, he said, well, do you believe in the resurrection? Uh, and he said, yeah, I believe. And I'll never be the same again. And it's that effect that I want us just for a few minutes just to think about. Because that, that, a number of people have kind of looked for the body, in effect. There was a barrister called Frank Morrison. And he was an unbeliever. He just wanted to prove that this whole thing was bunkum. Um, and so he looked into it very thoroughly, wrote a book. But in the process of looking into the resurrection, he just... He, his mind was completely turned around and he wrote the book, Who Moved the Stone? Which is one of those convincing proofs that Jesus is alive and that the resurrection actually happened. Apparently the chap that wrote Ben-Hur, and we've all seen the film but not read the book, the whole purpose of writing the book was to disprove the resurrection. Um, he became a Christian as well. That, that there was a, apparently one of uh, the, an acting Lord Chief Justice in London who was a... a, a um, a high-flying lawyer, and he said the evidence for the resurrection was compelling. Uh, and therefore, with that I, I, I'm almost assuming that uh, the storyline we're familiar with, that the tomb is empty, there's no body. Because uh, if there had been a body, somebody would have found it in order to scotch all the things that people were now saying and the story was spreading. And they never found the culprit either. And uh, the, the events, of we've, we've had them read to us, of the women going to the tomb, and Mary meeting who she thought was the gardener but wasn't. And then there's a couple of guys on their way to Emmaus. We didn't have that. That's only briefly mentioned in John. Um, and Jesus appears to them when he's breaking the bread. Oh, it's him. And, uh, and then they clear off back to the upper room, and, and Jesus just walks in. The door was locked. He still walked in. And uh, appears to them. And Thomas oh, came in late. You know, there's always one of them. And uh, that, uh, I don't you know, you're off your head or whatever it was in, in Hebrew. And he, he then came a second time. And there was the Lord Jesus. And this incident by Galilee with all the fish. And, and then it says in the passage I read. That there, he then appeared to more than 500 men and women in, in full view. Now this is my question. Almost so what? In 2016, is this just a historical anomaly? Is, is it a kind of a one-off? Is it something that happened then? And it's nice to sing about it. It's the kind of thing you do in church. But, but it, it's all about then or could it possibly be all about now? Can it be real? Can the resurrection be so personal? Can, 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 can it affect me? Can it change my life? Is it possible for you and I, as with Clavius, to say, oh, wow, yes, I do believe he's risen and I'll never be the same. I was... Uh, this passed me a story of, uh, of um, one of the members of the Iraq inquiry, a Major General Tim Cross. 
and he, he, was, he was out in the Middle East and decided to go to the garden tomb in Jerusalem, which many believe is where Je- the, the tomb where Jesus was laid. And the chap that was showing him around that day just happened to be a retired British Army colonel, or Dobie. And uh, the, the, he was just explaining what had happened, and, the, and uh, the major general was kind of listening and and he said, well, of course, it all hangs on the fact of whether he rose from the dead or not. Well, I said the major, I'm not really sure. And we said, well, go and have a look. And uh, the, the, the major general just kind of went on without really, and, he, and he, you know, he said, uh, like an idiot, I went. And yes, it was empty. But he said, once he saw that it was empty, or 2,000 two years late, he said, it, it, it was in every way empty. I remember, he said, it was my 30th birthday and I was effectively reborn. That everything changed once this guy on the Leveson inquiry got it. So just two aspects, just to tease out. The, the, the sense of encounter that would seem to be possible and the effect that would seem to be possible. Now, as I said, there were hundreds of people. I I, I remember reading Chuck Colson of the Watergate scandal, and he said he believed in the resurrection because there were only 12 of them, and they they were beaten, martyred, but they they never changed their story. He said that there there were just a few of us, and under pressure, it took us three weeks before we had to admit that the story was a lie. And uh, so that there's these 500 people, it must be a kind of Max Boyce moment, you know. I, was, I know I was there, kind of. Because imagine that you've gone for a cruise on the Med. It's not far away. And you've gone for a cruise on the Med just for that fortnight or for that period. Uh, and you'd come back and you're hearing that, of people that said that they saw him, heard him, touched him, ate the fish. It's rather like, uh, again in the film, that, um, that the, the Clavius is interviewing one of the disciples who who's, looks a bit uh, not quite as if he's all there. And uh, so he, he, he interrogating, he said, um, where are the disciples? And the disciple that is being interrogated, beaming all over his face, oh, they're everywhere. Because so many people had seen him. Uh, and in, in the passage I read, that there's even somebody, and it's an, almost an introduction to what follows, there's even somebody who hadn't been there, Paul himself. And he says, I was, I was born a bit late, that I, I kind of missed the show, and then Jesus became real to me. I met him. I heard him. I, I, I was led by him, protected by him aware of him, knew that he was alive. And, and the truth is that there have been millions and millions since who've encountered. It hasn't just been a theory, it's been a personal experience of knowing a risen saviour affecting, speaking, influencing, being aware in their lives. And you say, well, yeah, there are lots of inadequate people. You know, there are lots of people who believe in Father Christmas. But these people are are not the kind of clueless 
You know, there had been Oxford dons like C.S. Lewis who believed in the resurrection. Some of the greatest reformers of this land, Wilberforce and Shaftesbury to mention too, believed in the resurrection. In the last fortnight, I've been talking to two professors in eminent universities. Well, one of them was from Cardiff, and the, the other was from Oxford. And they both believe that Jesus rose from the dead and have met him. So maybe we're missing something in all of this. We've only got the storyline. That if Jesus is alive, and, and, and there's the possibility of encounter... This could be a very, very special Easter indeed. In fact, it's what a Christian is. A Christian is someone who's come to faith and encountered, met, hearing his voice, feeling his touch. So that there's that element of encounter, but there's also an ongoing effect. There's a little phrase at the beginning of what I read, and it says, Now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and in which you stand, and, are, and by which you are being saved. There's an ongoing process once we've met him, once we know the, rea- the reality of this resurrection, that I'm being, sa- I'm being rescued. There's an effect on my life. There's change. And uh, it all comes from the cross. That's why, thanks ever so much to the, to, well, to the people that made the posters as well as uh, sang the song, because of this, this connection between what Jesus did on the cross and all that, it, all that he achieved there, that the resurrection seems to make available to us. If Jesus did all that for us and still lives, he lives to make the effect of it available. And those effects are wonderful. That, For instance, let me give you three in, in a sentence each. Paul, writing just after he, he, he spoke these words, said that Jesus had been raised for our justification, raised to forgive us, raised to bring power so it's just as if we'd never sinned, that our guilt and record of wrong could be completely cleansed off. Effect number one. Effect number two, he says, if the, if the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, He'll give life to your mortal body. I mean, that's help for the journey. That, that, to, to have the presence of God that raised Jesus in this body. But the effect is not just for now, it's forever. Jesus said, I'm the resurrection and the life. He that believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And whoever believes in me will never die. Ah, oh. For some of us, that's quite pertinent, that there's a resurrection. And as we've sung and been helped to sing, it shapes us now. Christianity isn't a book of rules and morals. It's about life. It's about Jesus. It's about knowing him. And, and the, the chapter after what I read goes on just to say, well, you know, if he didn't rise, well, just eat, drink, be merry, because you're going to die, and that's the end of it. But if he rose... And there's new life for now, and there's real life forever. That's the impact of the resurrection. The consequences are enormous. For the Christian, it's the turning point in history. Everything 
before this event was BC, but after this, everything is AD. Everything has changed. It's, it's not just Clavius who will never be the same. The world can never be the same, but we don't have to be the same. What, one, the, Tim Keller, one of the, the, the great thinkers uh, of our day in Christian things, says this. Let me read it to what he said. If Jesus rose from the dead, then you have to accept all he said. If he didn't rise from the dead, then why worry about any of what he said? The issue of which everything hangs is not whether or not you like his teaching, but whether or not he rose from the dead. It changes everything. That everything in me can change because Jesus has risen from the dead. We're not in a world stumbling in the dark, just of no consequence. Jesus came that we might be rescued. As I stand by the door, I'm going to have in my left hand, I'll shake your hand with this one, but in my, in my left hand, I'm going to have a pile of these. If you come here regularly, no, you can't. But, um, but if you're a guest, if you're thinking, if what I've said has made you think, wow, that there may be more to this than I'd really ever encountered, please take one out of my left hand. It could be an extraordinary happy Easter. Let's bow our heads together. Lord Jesus, we, 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 we talk like this because you're listening. We're not speaking of you in your memory, but speaking of you in your presence. We thank you for the wonder of your resurrection. We thank you for the effect that you have on our lives because you are alive. And we celebrate, we, we, we rejoice, we are thrilled to bits that you are who you are, where you are, as available as you are, and that we can know you. Let that be true of all of us and make this Easter exceptional. For Jesus' sake, amen.